It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in. To the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday. Guess what? Baseball's back. That's right. The Reds played their first spring training game officially on Sunday. They were supposed to play it on Saturday, but you know, well, again, weather and Mother Nature had other ideas. But the first game happened on Sunday. We're going to talk about that here for the majority of the podcast. Also, got some other thoughts surrounding. This wonderful spring training going on with a couple of different players. But before we jump into all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms that you can listen to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. Save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 and check out LockdownReds.com, the blog, for even more content. I think I got everything out of the way. Let's jump into some news here on this Monday. Only one more week left of February. It's absolutely unbelievable that we're already, I love it, opening day is that much closer. So before we jump into today's focus, which obviously was the first spring training game of the year, I want to give the report that Bobby Nightingale had, the positive report on our man Gino. Eugenio Suarez is expected to up his rehab this week. As in, he's going to start throwing, and he's going to start taking BP and swinging the bat with two hands. If you've been following along, he has been taking infield, but not throwing, and he has been swinging the bat, but with only one hand. So now he's adding in that other hand, and he's adding in that throwing, i.e. he's progressing quite well. And something that we will talk about quite a bit this week uh, me and a couple of different guests. Actually, tomorrow we have Matt Wilkes from Reds Content Plus coming in to talk. And also, later on in the week, my friend and yours, Stephen Offenbaker, will be on the podcast. We're going to talk about this a lot, but a new wrinkle in the Nixon Zell narrative has been added, and that is that the Reds. And David Bell, especially because David Bell is the one that's been quoted on this, but they're being cautious with his timeline. In fact, David Bell says that it's not fair to put a timeline on Nick Senzel right now. It it almost sounds as if Eugenio Suarez is going to be ready before Nick Senzel is. I don't know. Maybe that's reading too much into the tea leaves. Who knows? But 
the good news is something that we will be watching this week. Eugenio Suarez is progressing in his rehab. Everyone that was worried about him starting the year on the disabled list, he may be healthy and he may be in the starting lineup on opening day. We'll keep our fingers crossed that that is the case. This is all confusing. Why do I have to keep learning new things? And that leads us into today's focus topic, which is the first spring training game. The Reds played the White Sox in Goodyear, and they lost 7-2. to That's right, folks. They started out the year with a loss, and man, okay, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, people are overreacting to this. They're, they're thinking that this result means something. That they can they can look at the way that the Reds played and understand what this means for the regular season. Stop it! Stop it! The only two Reds runs came from a Stewart Fairchild two-run home run, which you know, by the way, congrats on him hitting a nice you know little two-run dinger there. But come on, are we really gonna sit here and say? That because he hit the first home run of spring training, he deserves to be on the opening day roster? No. Are we really going to sit here and say, well, Lucas Sims gave up some runs, so he probably shouldn't be in the bullpen? No. Are we really going to sit here and say, uh, come on, like, stop it. Stop it with the over-analysis on the first game of spring training. In fact, take the entirety of spring training with a grain of salt. I mean, think about last season. Last spring training, in fact, Scott Shebler tore it up. Nice batting average. He walked a lot. Guess what? He walked twice yesterday. He sees pitches really well in Arizona. I don't know what it is. And he doesn't see pitches very well at Great American Ballpark. I don't know what it is. It just does not translate. I don't care what you do in spring training. That doesn't mean that you're going to have an amazing year or vice versa in the regular season. That being said... You know, there were some nice things about the first game of spring training. And I got a couple of storylines that I want to look at here in just a moment. But first, I want to talk about the statistics. Let's look real quick at just what people did. And while I know that is an absolutely beautiful sentence, let's look at some statistics. The Reds strung together seven hits, one each. By Shogo Akiyama, Stuart Fairchild, Boog Powell, Francisco Pena, Matt Davidson, Tyler Stevenson, and Alex Blandino. They all got one hit apiece with, of course, like I mentioned, Stuart Fairchild hitting the two-run home run, scoring Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson only had one at bat, but he did get a hit in that at bat. And then looking on the pitching side, There were a number of pitchers that were on the mound for the Reds. The first two guys out of the gate were Vladimir Gutierrez and TJ Antone. Both guys pitched two innings apiece, and neither of them gave up a run. Vladimir Gutierrez gave up a hit, and TJ Antone gave up a walk. Lucas Sims got the loss, you know, for what it's worth. I mean, I love to talk about wins and losses in regular season. So spring training, yeah, even more so. He gave up two runs on two hits and a walk. And then also Alex Powers gave up a run. And Chris Volstad gave up four runs, only one earned, in one-third innings pitch. Not the best of days for 
Chris Volstead. He's a non-roster invitee. It's it's going to be interesting. There's not a whole lot of spots in the bullpen to fill. And I know I kind of, you know, poo-pooed the importance of Lucas Sims giving up two runs, but his performances will be under a microscope throughout this spring training as the Reds try to decipher who's going to fill out the bullpen for the regular season. And obviously, Lucas Sims will be on the list probably for even starting pitchers as well. So if they don't begin the season with him in the bullpen, he might be in Louisville in the starting rotation, just trying to keep up his arm endurance and everything like that, ready to be a starter at a moment's notice. But that's beside the point, because when it comes to this game, I looked at three things. There were there were three things that stood out to me here in this first spring training game. And before I get to those, I want to talk about something else. Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 major league teams all within a 50 mile radius of greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, Arizona is known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training Everyone is so laid back. You can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice warm weather. If you're like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off. Head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that. Visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today. So for this first spring training game, there were three storylines that I kind of took away. Three things that I thought that w- were worthy of thinking about. There's a, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they, they lost. Look at that. And I even saw some people belaboring how many runners were left on base and how they weren't able to drive in runs. It's like, come on, people. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this on the very first game? of spring training. It's absolutely ridiculous. But there are three things that I took away that I thought of. First of all, and obviously if you saw anything on social media about this, you understand it. Shogo Akiyama led off and in the bottom of the first got his first career hit, at least in Major League Spring Training, in his very first at bat. And the highlights of it, which it was mostly by cell phone video that I saw these different uh, highlights and things like that because the game wasn't on anything, which, you know, shout out to MLB for everything being available, but at least you were able to listen to it through the MLB app. And then, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to get into all that right now. But anyway, it's it's just dumb. The MLB needs to make the game more accessible. But without getting into a big spiel about it, back to Shogo. He got a hit in his first at-bat in spring training. That's what we're talking about. And the video showed that Shogo had quick hands. You know, if if you played baseball growing up, your coach most likely told you to have quick hands through the zone. Quick hands. That's what Shogo had. 
very quick swing, very controlled swing. A nice line drive into shallow right center field for a single. He's going to be able to place the ball exactly where he wants it. Pretty much, I think, I, I know, again, you don't want to go too crazy on the first game of spring training, but I think that when he is presented a pitch, just insert pitch here, he's going to be able to put the ball where he wants it. And I know he did get caught stealing on base. I don't care about all that. But I, I loved the hit. And I think that's going to be something we see quite a bit of in the regular season. And then the second storyline, this one was interesting because, I mean, the Reds played the White Sox. They didn't play the Pirates. But for some reason, White Sox pitchers just couldn't help themselves from hitting Reds batters. Both Jesse Winker and Matt Davidson were hit by pitches. Now, one of them is obviously more important than the other when it comes to the regular season. But when it comes to spring training, one means a lot more. You know, one hit by pitch means a lot more than the other. Matt Davidson cannot afford to miss any time. As a non-roster invitee, he's trying to prove himself to the Reds. But he got hit straight on the wrist by a fastball. I mean, this not something that's going to feel too comfortable to me. He might be fine. He might not miss too much time. And and the good news is, as far as Jesse Winker is concerned, the reports on him leaving the game, he was like, you know, I could have played, but, I mean, you know, it's understandable. If you're sitting here and you're wondering, oh, boy, they took him out, what's well, spring training? You know, there's no reason to risk a guy. And the fact that he got hit, perfect reason to take him out and make sure that he's okay. He said he's fine and there's no other indications to say that Jesse Winker's going to miss time because of this hit by pitch. But as far as Matt Davidson is concerned, I'd be interested to see how much more he gets into the lineup because he's a guy that's got to prove himself. And if he's going to be hurt by an errant fastball by a dude from Chicago, who he himself is probably trying to make the roster. I don't. I, I'm not, you know, up on the White Sox roster situation. But nonetheless, that was kind of a weird theme about this first spring training game. Is that there were a couple of guys that were hit, and then the third storyline, the third thing that I focused on, something that I talked about in the box score a little bit, is that Vlad Guerrero and T.J. Antone had a day. The first four innings for the Reds looked as clean as they could be for the first spring training game of the season. Vlad Guerrero was a guy who kind of took some flack last year. I remember having Doug on the podcast and Doug talking about how Vlad Gutierrez kind of underwhelmed everyone at AAA last season. And he was a guy who is thought of as one of the higher up pitching prospects in the Reds' farm system, but he had a lackluster 2019, so it was really good to see him get a good start to this spring. Now, once again, he's a non-roster invitee. He's not really expected to do anything on the Major League roster. Maybe he's a later season call-up. Maybe he's kind of, you know, somewhere on the depth chart as far as starting pitchers are concerned if somebody gets hurt, but I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I mean, it was just good to see him pitch well in this first spring training game. Same with TJ Antone, because if you remember, whenever the Reds made their you know decisions 
to add prospects to the 40-man roster and protect them from the Rule 5 draft, he was kind of a surprise. That was a guy that Doug had pegged as a surprise add to the 40-man roster, given that they left T.J. Friedel off the 40-man roster. And the fact that T.J. Friedel, or the fact that, there's too many TJs. The fact that TJ Antone was added to the 40-man roster and then his first action in spring training was really good, really clean two innings there against the White Sox, very encouraging to me. I, I was happy to see that, well, happy to hear that because, like I mentioned, that wasn't on any sort of streaming service or on TV or anything like that. But overall, good first game for those two guys. Anyway, that's that's really what I was thinking for this Monday. Just kind of wanted to talk about that first spring training game. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to have Matt Wilkes. He has an article talking about the Reds' defense. We're going to break that down. also want to get his thoughts on the roster going into 2020. We're going to talk all things Reds for you tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss that. The best way to not miss that podcast is to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and check out LockedOnReds.com, the blog, for even more content. Also, for any reactions, questions, comments, whatever you got, 513-549-0159. I want to hear from you. I really do. I mean, I try to do at least one episode each week. And also, you know, something that I kind of want to talk to Matt Wilkes about and then also flesh out a little bit more this week is a question that I got. And this actually came from Twitter. This wasn't on the Lockdown Reds line. This was from Twitter from at Buckeye Brennan. He asks, is there a prospect that is buried that may surprise everyone at some point this season like Josh Van Meter did last year? And you know what? I got some thoughts on that, but I'm going to save them. We're going to talk about it later this week. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast to hear that. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to the Monday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.